Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of Nanny Speak. I know it has been a very, very long time since I recorded a new episode for you guys. And first of all, I just want to thank you so, so much. All the messages that I received on Instagram asking me when I'm going to, you know, give new material, when I'm going to record a new episode. I just want to thank all of you. Um, for thinking about me and actually listening to what I have to say and being interested in things that are going on in my life. I believe the last episode I recorded was called My Surrogate Journey, where I talked about um, the passion of becoming a surrogate and wanting to help another family create their um, miracle baby. And so this episode today, I'm kind of just giving you guys an update on everything that has happened within the past year and also give you a reason why I haven't recorded anything new, but I promise you guys moving forward, I will keep you guys um, up to date with different things that are going on and give you guys new material because apparently I have a small little fan group and I definitely appreciate it and it means a lot that you guys think that what I have to say is um you know important so with that said a lot of people know um last year November I came out about wanting to be a surrogate and unfortunately things did not go as well as we thought um I, you know, was helping a lovely family here in the Maryland area, and they had, you know, six embryos. We're we're working with um, Shady Grove, which is an amazing IVF clinic. They had six embryos, but in our contract, we agreed that we would only do three transfers. And so, you know, I did all the medical screening. Um, you know, to get cleared, to make sure that I was healthy enough to carry a baby to term. We did the legal side of things where, you know, the family signed the contract, I signed the contract, just so all parties are um, protected when it comes to doing things like that. And, and then we were able to move forward with like different hormone medications to kind of prepare my body um, to become pregnant, you know, since I was not getting pregnant the natural way. There are certain hormones and injections you have to do to prepare your body as if, you know, you are getting pregnant. Um, and so, you know, the first transfer that we did, things were looking like it was going to take, you know, they tell you not to take a pregnancy test at home, you know, because it can give you false hope. But of course, as women, you're always anxious, you know, wanting to know what happened. And so I, you know, took a few home tests. They all came back positive. So I, you know, immediately just assumed, oh my gosh, this is actually happening. I'm going to be able to carry a baby and actually give them a baby. And like, I was really excited, you know, for the family. I made a few posts on Instagram. And then a week later, I went into... Um, Shady Grove for them to do my blood work because, you know, the the most accurate way to get a positive pregnancy test is for them to check your hormone, hormone levels. So they take your blood and check your beta levels. And so unfortunately, mine was a nine, which is pretty low. And honestly, I didn't, you know, the IVF world is 
very interesting because I looked back at my pregnancy notes from when I was pregnant with Kenley. And the first time I went into my OB, my beta levels were an 11. And I was already six weeks pregnant with Kenley. So when my nurse called me and told me that my beta levels were a nine, she, you know, said, well, it looks like you're pregnant, but it could turn into a chemical because nine is low. The numbers we're looking for is above 90. And I was like, but why? Because when I was pregnant with my daughter, my levels were an 11. And clearly, you know, as Kenley is about to be eight years old, I was able to, you know, carry a baby full term. Um, and so, you know, my nurse was like, well, just let's stay hopeful, come back in two days, we'll do the blood work again. But sure enough, when I got home and I started and I took a few more home pregnancy tests, I noticed that the positive sign started getting lighter and lighter, which in turn means that the baby was growing, but then stopped growing. So the first transfer turned into a chemical pregnancy. And it was very devastating for both me and the family at the time, because for one, I felt like a failure, um, you know, and so, but the doctors are always like, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. You shouldn't blame yourself. But a lot of times that's like easier said than done. You always feel like you did something wrong. Um, but the next time, you know, but the mom, she was super supportive. She wanted to check on me to make sure I was okay. Um, but then we decided to immediately go into a second cycle. And so we got ready for um, <clears throat> we got ready for the second transfer, which probably happened six weeks later because they wanted to make sure, you know, I had a cycle and everything kind of like cleaned itself out. And so we prepared for the second cycle. So we did another transfer. But this time there the baby didn't take at all. And so I went to the doctor, got my um, blood drawn again, and my beta levels were at a zero. And we didn't understand that. And so the family had four more embryos left. Um, but this time they decided to get the embryos tested. And so when women go to get their eggs retrieved, it's possible you can get a lot of eggs. You can get like 12, 20 eggs. That doesn't mean that each embryo is a high-grade embryo and um, is, is a normal embryo. So you do something called a PGTA test, which eval evaluates the embryo health and counts how many normal chromosomes it has. And if it has fewer chromosomes that is needed, that means that something internally is wrong with the baby and that embryo may not have the chance to grow. So the parents end up getting um, finally the embryos tested and out of four, they only had one that was normal. And so before we did the transfer, they decided to do an ERA on me, which would determine when is the right time for me to be um, for me to have the transfer happen because at first they were just doing it off of my cycle and determining, you know, when would be the perfect time. But this test was supposed to, you know, give you an exact analysis of when it would be the perfect time to try to implant. So we did the ERA. I got my results back. They did a biopsy on my uterus. It was something that was very painful. Um, but, you know, 
it was something that was needed. And my results came back. The doctor said that everything was perfect. Like, I'm completely fine. There's no reason why this baby shouldn't take unless, um, you know, something is wrong. So we did our very last transfer. This happened November 15th um, of 2021. And so we did the transfer and everything I thought was perfect. I, you know, all my pregnancy tests were coming back positive. Um, I started feeling different changes, you know, happening in my body. And so the day of my beta test, I went in, you know, I prayed before and I was kind of just like, you know, God, if this is your will, I know that everything will work out. And so we did the beta test again. My nurse called me back. My levels were at a 30. And she was like, so, you know, you are pregnant, but it's possible that it could be another chemical pregnancy. And so she was like, you know, just go ahead and, you know, rest, continue to take your medications, come back in two days and we'll see what happens. I'm like, okay, you know, that's fine. I went back home. I rested for a little bit, you know, kept taking more home pregnancy tests. They all kept coming back positive. The lines were getting darker and darker. So I was like, okay, maybe this baby is deciding to stay. Two days later, I went to go get my blood drawn again. This time my levels were down to an 11 and my nurse called me back and was like, okay, we need you to come back in one more time. Um, But at this point, we're pretty sure it's a chemical pregnancy. Um, because your levels are dropping. And, you know, I knew that this was the family's last time trying to attempt to have a baby, you know. And so for me, this was difficult because they, I felt like they trusted me to do a job for them and I couldn't deliver. Um, The third beta test obviously came back negative and, you know, that was the end of our contract. And, you know, and so with all of this going on throughout the whole year, I guess you could say that I kind of fell into a depression a little bit because, you know, as a woman, you start to question like, well, what is wrong with me? Why can't I get pregnant? Or, you know, I was able to get pregnant once and have a healthy baby. So why is it so hard for me, you know, to do this again? But finding later on, finding out, um, when the mom got her eggs removed, she was already in her late 30s. I believe she was about 38. And with Shady Grove, they want you to, the oldest age they say sometimes is like 36. Um, and, you know, a lot of my friends who I talk to who are surrogates, a lot of them got pregnant by donor eggs. And when you use donor eggs, typically they are done um, by women who are in their early 20s, meaning that their eggs have a more uh, survival rate versus someone who is trying to get their eggs removed at an older age and then implanting those eggs into someone else. And, you know, during this whole process, I really learned a lot and educated myself a lot on IVF and the cycle and treatments and everything. And, you know, donor eggs is actually uh, what is recommended when you're trying to be a surrogate or even, you know, if you're a family and you're struggling to conceive on your own, a lot of times doctors will suggest for you to use a donor egg. And so, um, 
you know, I, I felt defeated. I was sad. But then, you know, I prayed and I was like, you know, God, this is really something that's on my heart to do, you know, and I'll just follow your steps. If you, you know, allow me to meet another family, I, you know, I would love that. And so I made a post on Facebook on the surrogate support group that I follow. And I was very honest about um, my journey the three transfers, you know, all the doctor's appointments that I had to do. And I said, you know, I realized that some people may consider me high risk or you may not want to take a chance on me. But if there are any families who are open, you know, I would love to talk to you. And immediately my inbox just started getting filled one by one by one. I'm reading different messages from parents who are like, you know, you sound very warm and welcoming and we would love to talk to you. And um, there was one family in particular that stuck out to me and they are actually in Ireland. However, they have eggs here in Maryland at Shady Grove. Um, but it just seemed like we connected more on, you know, just a spiritual level. They're, they're an older couple, and they also have been trying, you know, IVF for the past 10 years, and nothing worked. And so they this time, they're actually using donor eggs, and they have two donor eggs that are ready to go. And honestly, the process has been, I wasn't expecting it to go as fast as it has been going, because, you know, again, my last transfer was in November, and this is now January. But you know, I talked to the parents. We did another psych evaluation. We had a one-on-one -on -one talk um, on FaceTime, and I was just honest with them about everything that happens, the failed transfers that, you know, I went through. But they still, you know, were like, Kimberlyn, you're just a very warm person. We can just feel your energy over the phone, and you have empathy. Like, the the way that you're talking to us and the way that, you know, you are trying to comfort us in this time, because it's not, you're very vulnerable when you go through something like this. It's not an easy conversation to have with, you know, with another family, and, you know, you have to have, like, these intimate conversations and everything, because for one, it is hard for the woman who can't carry a baby on their own to try to put their trust into someone else to carry this baby, um, you know, and then not knowing whether or not the transfers are going to work or not. But medically, the doctor has cleared me again. I went through another medical clearance and the doctor was just kind of like, everything is perfect and beautiful and intact. And because we're using donor eggs this time, there's no reason why um, the transfer wouldn't work. So we're hoping right now we're in the legal phase, <clears throat> excuse me. And so we're hoping that we will possibly get a transfer date, possibly by March, but I'm pretty sure it probably won't happen until um, April. But I, you know, have decided that no matter what I want to, I'm definitely going to record you know, new episodes to kind of keep you guys updated and let you guys know what's going on. But then also just to give you education on IVF in general. It's not something to be embarrassed about. It's something that I know a lot of us don't talk about. Um, because, you know, as a woman, you just automatically assume you can get pregnant. But after going through this process, it's really not as easy, you know, as 
you would think it is. And, you know, my heart goes out to the women who have been doing this for years and years and years. And, you know, I'm also just very glad that I was able to meet a group of women who also have the same passion as I do to want to help families, you know, create beautiful babies. It's definitely something that should not be taken lightly, you know, because it's stressful for all parties. For us that are doing the hormone injections, it takes a toll on your body. It really does, you know, and a lot of people are always like, well, why are you putting yourself through this? Like, why are you doing this? And for me, it's like, I don't know where my life would be if I didn't have Kinley. I love being her mother. You know, I enjoyed the process of being pregnant. You know, I love, you know, that she and I has have a bond that can't be broken. Like, she's mine. God gave her to me. You know, she, she and I are best friends. And for parents who want that, they should, they should be able to have that. And so, you know, for women, other women who have agreed to be surrogates, I mean, they're very special. And, you know, the parents see that, I see that, and it's something that should be talked about and not frowned upon. There are some states that believe that being a surrogate is illegal. There are some cultures who think that, you know, being a surrogate is 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 wrong. A lot of people who aren't educated are always like, well, how could you give your baby away like that? And the reality is, it's not my baby. This this child has no DNA attachment to me. The only thing they are using is my womb for the baby to grow. Other than that, once I deliver the baby, it belongs to the mom and dad. So it's not me giving my baby away, you know, and it's just, it's just very interesting how, you know, people, people think and, you know, just the ignorant things that they say. But for all of you guys who have been supporting me this far, I just want to, you know, show my appreciation. I love you guys so much. And if you know some people who are interested in being a surrogate, like, please reach out to me. We have so many families that are ready to go, but we don't have enough surrogates. Um, a lot of it probably has to do with COVID, with things shutting down. and But now that things are trying to get a little bit back to normal. We are definitely looking for more, you know, women who are willing and open, um, you know, so we can help these families, you know, live out their dreams. Uh, so um, my Instagram account, you know, a lot of you guys have been reaching out to me, Antoinette20 on Instagram, but if you want to reach out to my surrogate page or follow my surrogate page, you can do so at my surrogacy journey 2021. And that's where I'll post, you know, like all the hormone medications and what the, what they exactly do and then like, you know, just little pictures and snippets of things that will go along, you know, as I decide to push forward with this process. But again, I just want to thank everyone who has been supporting me. And I want to thank you guys for all your uplifting messages and everything. This has just been a long ride for me, but I'm hoping that, you know, this year things will be a little more positive. And even if it's not, you know, I'm going to take, I'm going to, you know, take a break if things don't go well with this next transfer. I'll probably take a break for a while and kind of just focus on doing some more things, you know, in my life and with my own family and everything. But I'm praying that uh, 
this transfer will take. I'll be able to bless this amazing family in Ireland. And, you know, it'll be my story to tell and share with people. So if anyone has any questions or anything, you can always feel free to write me. Like I respond. I love your messages. Um, but yeah, but thank you so much. And I will definitely record new episodes for you guys. And again, let me know if there are any topics that you want to cover. I will go back to making episodes about me being a nanny and my career in that. But right now I kind of just wanted to focus on, you know, my surrogate journey and the different things that I'm doing. Um, but I love you guys and it won't take me another year to do a new episode. But until then, I will talk to you guys later. I love you so much. Peace.